Welcome to C-Suite Radio. It's time for another edition of The Brett Allen Show. It's go time, you and me! Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you, it felt good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said throw down, boy. Welcome to the night's main event. Brett Allen. Today on the show, we are chatting with actor, comedian, and writer Devin Drew, uh, who can currently be seen in Netflix's The Brother's Son. Uh, her also solo show, Pop Star, is going to be coming to New York City uh, next month, and it's going to be a wild ride. I think people are going to enjoy it. Uh, February 10th. Thank you for your time. It's great to meet you. Hi, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. Well, you now have had a very successful career, but your story is interesting, but I think probably not super uncommon to some people uh, getting your start, seeing this quote unquote, uh, was it a casting agency in a mall? And then they promised you, you know, fame and stardom on the Disney channel. (laughs) Yeah, it was, um, it was like a scam acting school. Like if you remember when you used to listen to the radio back in the day, and they'd be like, call this number and you can be on Nickelodeon or Disney Channel. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they just have to ha- used to have like random men, I guess, in the mall scouting children. <laughs> so I've seen that. Well, not recently, but in past years, I've yeah. seen these advertisements on Facebook like, you know, come be on the Disney Channel, be on this show, that show. And I know just having experience having been in the business but also like working with the business too and this side of things that it's a total scam like it doesn't really work that way i mean they do have like cattle calls but you can generally tell when those are legit but as a young kid you're probably fascinated by this right because it's like you're talented you can sing you do all these things and all you want to do is just have your moment in the sun yeah absolutely and growing up in Virginia, you know, me and my mom knew, didn't know any better. So somebody being like, oh, this could be your big break. We, we chose to believe everybody. We were like, oh, everyone has just the best intentions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you learned your lesson, obviously. And here you are now. Um, You have experienced success in the right way. Uh, (laughs) For sure. You know what I'm saying? Uh, In the sense of you got music and you're talented and all of those things. Uh, you're part of the Groundlings and UBC or UCB, which is very cool. So that's yeah. a big deal now for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, all the stuff I went through, you know, younger, trying acting and singing and falling into a lot of scams. I always was like, well, at least I'm having fun. At least this will be a funny story. Uh, so I really think that's probably what drew me uh, as an adult to be into comedy so much because life is a comedy. <laughs> Yeah. So when you look back on all of that now, like you realize obviously it was a fool's errand or a farce, but at the time you believed it, right? You were interested in that. So, you know, having done the things that you've done now, do you get solicited for advice by other people, maybe people with kids or do they reach out to you and go, Hey, this is something that we're considering. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, I think like when I when I was like first moved out here, I did have friends uh, and family members like back in, you know, on the East Coast being like, oh, what should we do? Should we do this or what? What is this? Um, and I definitely am a cautionary tale. But also, I really enjoyed my experience, even if it was full of scams, <laughs> um, because it, I mean, it made me who I am and it's now given me a comedy show. So, you know trauma is comedy. So <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, there is truth to that, you know, in some instances, I think. So you have this show that's going to be coming up. Um, and you've been working on this obviously for a while. How do you put all this together and decide what to include? Um, you know, I think I just started really thinking back of all the big pivotal moments um, that led me to you know, having a solo career as a pop artist. And uh, then I started thinking of all the kind of insane scenarios that my mom and I found ourselves in. Um, so I just really tried to use like the big moments that I think <laughs> really stick out from those years of doing stuff. Um, and then I just have so many, so many songs, like too many songs. Um, so just finding a way to really incorporate little bits of the funny lyrics that we wrote that we thought were amazing um, into the show. It's just been really fun. And, and it's kind of cool to find the right lyrics that go with the stories that I'm telling. So it's kind of wrote itself in a way. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so cool. I mean, you have quite a varied amount of experience, as I mentioned, uh, you've studied sketch and improv at UCB and the Groundlings. You're currently on a mod team, which is a sketch house team where you perform regularly and yeah. an alumni of the Groundlings Sunday Company, uh, directed by Academy Award winner Jim Rash. Now, let's talk about that because I don't want to get controversial about this, but I have spoken to other comedians or perhaps other improvisers who have gone this route, but have not necessarily had a positive experience in the sense of, from what I understand, like maybe not the correct expectations of where it was going to take them. Would you find that to be a true statement? I'm not yeah. leading the witness, but I would like to hear what you have to say. No, I mean, I think all of these programs out here, they're so intense and I think it starts off being this fun, amazing thing. And the higher you get, the more cutthroat it gets. You end up having directors who are directly competing with you in the industry. Um, so I think on any given day, if you're paired with the director who's not right for you, your experience could be kind of ruined. Um, and I think there's so many people who've had terrible experiences with both places. Um, and not to say my experience was all rainbows and butterflies, it definitely wasn't. But I think maybe because of my trauma of being in a teen girl group and being told I can't sing, um, that when I got to this level, you know, at the Groundlings, where they are a bit more intense, to me, it was like, well, this is never going to hurt as bad as being told I'm, I can't be a pop star, so uh, I'll be okay. Um, and I kind of throughout both of my, you know, experiences at both places, I really tried to just take the positive and the experiences of getting to perform 
on legendary stages to sold out audiences and hone my craft and, you know, listen to the negativity and the opinionate opinions of people and let it kind of inspire me to be more self-aware and uh, assured in who I am as a performer and a comedian. Uh, so, you know, I ultimately loved my experiences, um, but there's definitely parts of it that you're like, well, that was a little, they, they shouldn't have been that mean, or, you know, I wish it ended a little bit better. Um, and I think a lot of people, once they take like space from it, I think they can find the positive in it. Um, but again, it's just so much is about who you get and who you end up working with. So it can really color your experience. Yeah. Because I don't know, like doing this and having spoken to so many different people and so many different actors, comics, like I have essentially been given a masterclass really. And like what can happen. Um, it's not just always talent, but also having to be met with opportunity. Right. And yeah. whether you have connections or not, you, you know, you still have to like network with people and even if you network with people, that doesn't always guarantee success. I think everybody yeah. wants to go in and be a Matt Walsh or a June Diane Raphael or, you know, yeah. a Paul Shear or like a Steve Carell. But that, that that's like lightning in a bottle. But to uh -huh. to like use to your credit and point, it's all about like connecting with the right people. So what yeah. advice do you have for people who want to do comedy, who want to do stand up like what is your best advice? I think trust your gut is the biggest thing I can say, um, because you'll have a lot of people who have opinions and a lot of people who want to shape you to be what the theater is or what the the current trend is. And while I think that stuff is good to add to your toolbox, I think deep down inside, you know what makes you laugh. And if you are having fun, the audience is having fun. Uh, so I think like really just trusting yourself and your instincts, um, because, you know, if you always listen to everyone's opinion, then you're going to be so worried about doing it right instead of just doing it the way you want to. And then being pleasantly surprised when people are like, I like that. I like what you're doing. So, yeah, yeah that's very true. Myself. Yeah, very true. So where did you and when did you get to a place where you found your voice as a performer? <laughs> I don't know if I have yet. <laughs> I think. I think you kind of always are finding your voice. Um, I, I think every type of comedy is so different um, that I've like have different voices in all of them, you know, improv, stand up, sketch, doing my solo show. It's all very different. Uh, and I think, you know, even though I'm not like in classes anymore at the comedy schools, it's I'm still always learning and growing. And depending on what a performance or show needs, I think I'm kind of always tweaking uh, myself and my comedy voice. Um, but I don't know, maybe 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 with this solo show, I think I really kind of found that confidence of like, no, I I know who I am and I know what makes me laugh and uh I've been very pleasantly surprised that um, audiences have also been laughing with me. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, you're very funny and very talented. I've seen your videos and things like that. So when the opportunity came, I was like, yeah, let's rock and roll. So let's talk yeah. about the show uh, in New York. What can people expect on the 10th? Um, they can expect a 
fun uh, blast from the past, uh, you know, about chasing your dreams and kind of like that childhood excitement of wanting something so outrageous. Um, it's very funny. It's very uh, cringy, but in like the appropriate way, not too cringy. Um, and I think it's just very raw and real. Uh, and I, the pacing of it, it just keeps going. There's never a dull moment. Um, and everybody afterwards is like, you really should have been a pop star. Um, so, you know, maybe uh, finding a new artist you love. <laughs> I don't know. I love it. You, your bio describes you as like the Rebecca Black of your high school, which yeah. I think there's a very niche group of people who know who that is. Like she was uh -huh. a YouTuber before like YouTube was YouTube and her song Friday. Uh, I annoy my nine-year-old song with that song. He hates it. Oh, Every yeah. time I play it, he's like, am I going to be in trouble? <laughs> it's just <laughs> I do it to get his attention. Well, that's very cool. So I want to yeah. ask as we wrap our conversation here, like, Cumulatively, you've like done all of these different things, but what motivates you as a creative? Oh, man. Um, I think just having fun. <laughs> um, and I love like kind of doing something outrageous that could leave an audience being like, what? Uh, you know, getting laughter is amazing. I love that. Obviously, I want people to laugh. Uh, but there's something really special when you perform and the reaction is like, what? Like shock, utter shock, <laughs> but positive shock, not like grossed out shock, but just like, I can't even believe you're doing that or that you did that or you have the confidence to do this. Um, so yeah, I think just like shocking myself and shocking an audience is what really drives me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, head over to www.devindrew.com where you can connect with her. All her social links are there. Some very, like, I would say, uh, genre-specific photos of your life growing up. Yeah. Uh, you definitely had the look, for sure. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I went for it. I really, really went for it. Well, you have so. to in your business, right? You have to yeah. commit. Like, if you're going to do a shtick or a, a thing, you yeah. have to do it, right? Like, that's just you. And yes. like, I think when you get comfortable in your own skin, like you can just commit to it. Right. Because that's, you are your own brand, right? That's the big takeaway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to own it. All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I think people will enjoy the show. Check out the show notes uh, over at our YouTube channel as well. And you can catch up if you're listening and in the New York area, what's the city again in New York where you're going to be at? Uh, it's Lower East Side. Lower East Side. So is that kind of the alt scene a little bit or is that more of the standard traditional improv stand-up area? You know, to be honest, I'm not really sure. Um, I've been mostly just performing in Los Angeles. So this will really be like my first time kind of going back and performing in New York since I was doing my pop stuff. So uh, I don't know. I think it's just a lovely stage. The caveat, they're great. They put on amazing shows. So it'll be really fun. Awesome. Devin, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure hanging out with you today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for listening and being a part of today's conversation. Thank you! If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A major proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember, we care. <laughs>